All right, everybody, this is Omar Laos from Agape Love Network, and today we are here on another episode from Agape Love Network, which is a singles and couples uh, magazine that shares stories about matters of life, relationships, marriage, and singleness, and we have an excellent, courageous topic that we're going to be having tonight. Should Christians talk about sex before marriage? The most taboo subject in the land. As a matter of fact, the most taboo subject in the world. <laughs> so uh, we, we got some, some really, really great brothers that's going to be uh, speaking tonight here on Guy Talk. And uh, they, they're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. Uh, we're going to bring it to everybody. We're, we're going to be coming live with the subject. You know, on should Christians be talking about sex before marriage? And I know a lot of ladies want to hear uh, from the fellas about this specific subject, since so many things that are actually going on uh, in the world concerning the topic of sex. So uh, just as we get, in, get ourselves involved with this, introduce yourselves uh, one by one. Uh, no need to rush. Anyone want to jump out? Say who you are, your name, and where you're from. What up? Well, everybody, my name is Gabriel, uh, Gabe for short, and I am from Dallas, Texas. Um, and I'll be looking forward to uh, providing you with some golden nuggets tonight. I got my chef hat on, so it's time to start cooking. <laughs> I am Gregory Devon of Durham, North Carolina, and I indeed I'm honored to be here again today with the brothers to share with you guys. And I pray somebody walks away enlightened. What's going on, good people, good brothers? A.B. Bracewell, always a pleasure to be with y'all and have these conversations. Thanks for having me on again, Omar. Thank you, Omar. My name is Jared Bogadon from Birmingham, Alabama. I'm looking forward uh, to having this particular discussion with the fellas and answering the questions that uh, people may have. So thank you for having me. Awesome, awesome. I, I'm glad to have y'all brothers on. You know, y'all always have great perspectives on the various subjects that we bring to the table, you know, uh, throughout, you know, the time that we've been having conversations. And I've also heard y'all on many other platforms. So I'm just blessed to uh, have y'all here tonight. And so when, when, when we had decided to do this subject, what was your first impression? <laughs> I was like, let's do it. Let's do it. You know, it's an important conversation to have. And like you said, it's a, a conversation that a lot of people avoid. I don't know why, because people are out there doing it. They're having sex, so I don't know why we're not talking about it and leaving people um in the dark. Um, so yeah, I was I was I was with it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. you know, I was with it on this one because that's a subject that really is rarely discussed in churches and things of that nature. We just skip right over that. But today is an opportunity for us to to dive into that a little bit more and to discuss it. I was definitely excited about it because it gives us a chance to, again, discuss a taboo subject that God created, but folk manipulated. Mm -hmm. I was ready to take a swan dive, Omar. Like, let's let's talk about it. You know, I, I I'm not gonna say it like this, but I will say it like this. I like I like difficult conversations. Um, I like 
you know, st I like stepping on people's toes with facts and information. I mean, you can ask uh, Jared or Brian or, um, you know, uh, uh, Pastor Greg. You know, I, I do this all the time. So uh, I was just, I'm all for it. Let's do it, you guys. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, I mean, I mean, why do you think that Christians don't want to talk about it, you know, um, or even just discussing about sex? And uh, why do you think that people just don't want to touch it at all? I think that on the outside of the church, people just don't care. But on the inside of the church, people care too much. You know, it, it's almost like we know that sex was designed by God, created by God, but yet and still, because it's been perverted and manipulated, we feel like those who are leaders, if we talk about it, it'll make them want to have sex. When the reality is, when you are educated about something and have the facts, when you can have an open and honest dialogue, you're more apt to make smart decisions. So it's talking about the church is out there, fear, talk about it, that is what creates all of these little Christians outside of wedlock. Because <laughs> we're not educating <laughs> people about, about the real deal. I mean, and, and even, you know, if, if if the Bible talks about, you know, that, that, that our bodies are a temple, you know, don't be conformed or be renewed by the transforming of your mind. You know what I'm saying? Your body's a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God. That's your reasonable service. Then what I do with my body you know, in a sense, under God is worship, including sex under the right context. And that is what we're not talking about. We're not even learning how to bring biology into theology. You know, it, it, it's a reason that um, in, in the Bible, you, you weren't truly, truly married until the wedding night when you consummated the marriage. It wasn't simply about sex. It was about the shedding of blood making a covenant. Because mm -hmm. when you break her hymen, you are the shedding of blood. So you're making a covenant. But that's what we don't talk about, you know. And, and if people had the facts, if they understood the psychology behind this, if they understood the biology behind this, understood the theology behind this, they would make smarter choices and realize how you are really binding yourself with somebody, whether you know what or not. Mm -hmm. uh, let me I think one of them. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, because there, there may be people out there who may not understand, like when we talk about the theology behind it, like what do we mean by that? <laughs> so theologically, um, like we know that the Bible, I must just say it like this. We know that the Bible talks about, you know, abstaining from fornication. Uh, we know that the Bible talks about um, in Hebrews, I believe it's 13 and four, that the marriage bed is undefiled. Uh, we know that uh, the Bible talks about things like adultery uh, and things of that nature. And so what happens is um, within that, you know, if people are not very biblically sound, then what's going to happen is that they're going to take what the scriptures really say about those things and they'll twist it um, in order to fit what they want to do. Um, I, I know that the scripture talks about that we are living in a time where, um, you know, people are calling good evil um, and evil good. 
and this um, this topic or you know about sex uh, just so happens to be something that um, has been twisted. Um, I will say, um, in addition to that, uh, when it comes to the uh, theology of it, people need to understand. I always say, when studying the Word of God, you need to understand the who, what, when, where, and why of mm-hmm. everything that you study, and that'll help you to gain a deeper understanding. Uh, people are not really well versed in this subject, uh, be, I believe, because they're lazy. Um, they, they don't want to take the time to go out and to study theologically um, how, what part this plays um, in the walk of a believer. So, Right. Not only that is that um, there's a certain, basically it's two parts to it. There's the fun side and then there's a the responsibility side. Yes, and sir. I think what happens is people shy away from the responsibility side because it's so heavy. You know what I mean? You start talking about uh, raising a family, uh, training up your legacy, how these people are going to go forth in the world, that type of thing. And that is the deep part that a lot of people don't really discuss. And I think that is a portion that we need to talk about. Yeah, there's, um, there's this scripture that says, you know, before you try to take the speck out of your brother's eye, you got to take the, take the plank out of your own eye. Mm-hmm. And I think sex is that plank. That's in a lot of people's eyes in the church. That's why they avoid it. It's hard to it's hard to talk about a sin that you struggle with. It's Come on, to talk about a sin that you're doing. So you know we can talk about abortion. We can talk about killing, stealing, and all the good stuff. I mean, all the other stuff, because we don't struggle with those sins. But it's so many people that struggle with uh, fornication. So you know it's easier to avoid it. You know, people don't want to seem like a uh, like a kid, like a hypocrite. So you 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 dance around that topic. So I think that's mm-hmm. why it's so taboo for so many people, because you know it's hard to, to it's hard to say don't do it if you know behind closed doors behind closed doors that you're actually doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and also think about this too, gentlemen. It's a sex fornication. It's a contextual sin. It, it's wrong here, but not wrong here. Same act, same actions, but it's a context. If I'm not married, it's a sin. If I am married, it's not. And, and then it's not anything else like that. So it's almost like that is what creates a lot of the struggle is we rationalize it. You know what I'm saying? And, and to AB's point about, you know, we, we all struggle with it at some point in life. That's true. And part of that struggle is because of the context. We, we rationalize it and we'll say, well, if it's not wrong in marriage because this is a husband and a wife and they love each other, well, I'm in a committed relationship. I love her. She loves me. So how are we wrong and they're not? Not realizing that obedience is better than sacrifice. And that is what it's all about. But again, we, we the more you rationalize stuff, the more you can justify that well, it's not that bad. Mm, mm, mm. Interesting. So uh, what about a lot of times, you know, um, we talk about sex and things of that nature uh, to the very few who are talking about it. Now, what if there are people who say, oh, I, um, uh, we're not having sex or anything like that, but what about like intimacy or 
things that may seem just a little bit more innocent, such as holding hands, hugging, and maybe that's just one of just being involved and just having a kiss in here. Are, are they in, in that area? Um, uh, is that is that an issue for some people? It could be. Um, I think that when you think about it, people, um, especially in the context of a relationship, uh, they need to set up boundaries. And sometimes boundaries can be different for other people. Like, for example, um, I always say this, the most powerful man in the world is a man who is in control of his desires and that serves God. And so a lot of times what happens with, with uh, especially with men is, um, and not just men, but with Christians, we will see the line between righteousness and evil. And we'll say, well, how close, you know, can I get to this line without falling over right. into sin? And uh, when we do that, uh, we open up the door for, um, for temptation. Um, we know that the word of God says that, you know, no temptation is too great. Uh, which is common to man, but God will make a way of escape. And the question then becomes, well, when he makes a way of escape, are you still going to continue um, on the same road or are you going to actually take it? Uh, most of the time, if that is an area that you struggle in, you're probably not going to take that and you'll, and you'll use it as a scapegoat to say, oh, well, I can go and abuse the grace of God by going and repenting for this later. Um, so, yeah, that, that's just my perspective on that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. Anybody else got any thoughts concerning that? Yeah. It's like Gabe said, you know, you you have to know your limits. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with showing somebody affection, but I mean, you got you got to talk about your limits. You know what I mean? When you've had enough. So, hey, hey, we get a little too high here. We need to back off a little bit. You know what I mean? That type of thing. But you, you got to have a discussion beforehand. Yeah. I, think, I think it's a problem depending on what your mindset is. You know, if you have the, the uh, perverted mindset and something like a hug could be a problem for you, holding hands could be a problem for you. That's why in church, you know, we get a church hug and you go hip to hip. And you, <laughs> if you do a full frontal hug, that might be a problem for, for some people. So it, I, I really, I really depict it, the, think it depends on your mindset, um, what you're thinking, um, what you're imagining and all that good stuff. If you have that lustful spirit, th then it could be a problem. But if you if you have a, a a pure mind and you know your your thoughts are not going that way, then things like intimacy, like holding hands or or hugging, you know, that's uh the basics. That's just showing affection. And, 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 and you, you know, know we gotta know the difference between sex and intimacy too, because. Everything that's intimate is not sexual. Mm -hmm. The reality is intimacy is about giving someone else what you don't give anybody else. I could have intimate conversation that I have with you, but nobody else. And then that may be an intimate behavior that is still not sexual that I only give to you and nobody else. But we don't have conversations that are healthy about what true intimacy is because one day we'll all reach an age of where sex may not be off the table completely but it, it won't hold the same place as it holds now and intimacy now becomes what you truly truly need because companionship tops it all 
that's true intimacy. And sometimes we get caught up in the sexual intimacy, but we ignore intellectual intimacy. You know, we, we ignore, um, you know, social intimacy. We ignore the intimacy that speaks to working together to accomplish something. There's several different types of intimacy that we ignore and we don't explore, which sometimes affects us in the bedroom in the right context because you're not hitting on all other cylinders. So this sexual intimacy now doesn't mean a lot, but it's really when you get the other areas correct and heated that sexual intimacy now becomes off the chart because why? It's not simply about sex. It is sexual intimacy. It is making love. That's a different conversation there. But as, as men, even young boys, it's sex that we talk about. You know, it, it is, you know, these aggressive terms. I'm going to beat it up. I'm going to tie it up. So it becomes real taboo conversation now because what what do you, what do you really want? in this moment are you trying to beat her up and hurt her are you trying to share your love even if you're married sometimes you can uh prostitute sex sometime because your attitude is off yeah you know you know something um uh i i had conversations with people and even from uh someone that you know that i was with you know um you know in the past and um Whenever I had, and this is, you know, some of my personal experiences, is that they were afraid to just do simple things like hold hands and hugs and things of that nature. And I couldn't figure out why she really didn't want to hold hands or hug or anything like that. You know, she always kept her distance and things of that nature. And what I've learned from her over a period of time was that she was attacked um, in her childhood. And that traumatization, uh, she was, um, had, 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 it was stuck with her for so many years. And whenever she tried to establish a relationship, she always went into withdrawal or she was kind of distant in the relationship. And so, any time, any time, conversations about uh, sex or anything of that nature, people get that way because of their experiences. And yes, I I do believe that um, uh, people don't get involved with it because of they have limitations and they're exercising uh, their their divine Christian belief, you know, in, in Christ. You know, so they'll be holding that and the experiences that they have in the past. Um, sometimes it's not a safe subject for everybody because of their personal experiences. Uh, have you run into anybody who ever had these kinds of experiences before? And have you uh, been in a conversation one? Have you dated or gone out with someone, you know, um, uh, that had that issue as well? The issue of like withdrawal? Well, yeah, withdrawal or just didn't want to, uh, but and, and and I'm not talking about just going into or just talking about the subject as if like you were leading to like um, a more serious relationship. 
it's it's my personal belief and my opinion that most, or I should say, a lot of black men have this avoiding attachment style or this avoiding attachment issue. Kind of to speak back to what uh Pastor was speaking about, like we are groomed and taught to be aggressive. We're groomed and taught to suck it up when we're hurt. We're conditioned to not express our emotions. All of those things stops us from being vulnerable. It stops us from opening up, learning how to be intimate with others. Um, so we so we do only learn about sex and we don't learn about intimacy. But that that is also a form of withdrawal. That's a that's a, a form of detachment. Um, so emotionally, we're going to be detached, but we, we're also going to be sexually attached to women. So it's just my opinion that a lot of us have the, that, what you're explaining, that avoidant attachment style where we can, um, where we are almost afraid to be intimate and vulnerable um, on, a, on, a level where, on a level where, some, where someone sees all of our rooms. Um, we might show them one or two rooms, but um, there's so many rooms that that we hide from from the women that we're with. Yeah, I agree, man. I, and I've yep. also seen where um, you have certain women who assume that if you show them something that is genuinely intimate, not sexual, but intimate, they assume you mean sex. They they assume that a man is not capable. Of, of sitting on a couch with you and actually watching a movie with you and have his arm around you. They assume that if you touch them, you know, on, on the arm, on the knee, on the leg, that always means sex. It does not all the time. But that right there could be a traumatic experience from the past, could be a trigger, you know, but we are conditioned nowadays to think the worst about each other. So when we approach these intimate moments, it is really hard sometimes to be genuine, whether it's sex or sexual intimacy or just genuine intimacy. It, it's very hard sometimes to maneuver that because assumptions are made that this means that. Sometimes it does not. You know, sometimes the assumption is a man, all he wants is sexual intimacy. And if he tries to give you something beyond that, then you say he's being fake, phony, or pretentious. Are you think it, or it's too good to be true? It's been said. You know that that no men who are willing to wait. That no men, you know, who have an understanding of what true intimacy is. There's no man who uh, does not just want you for what you have between your thighs. You know that that no man who values us between your ears. That's the assumption. But when you try to break that assumption, sometimes it kind of backfires. Sometimes and and either. You are in the category of too good to be true, or you have some young ladies, honestly, who put you in the friend zone because that's what they really want. But you're trying to be a gentleman. If she friends on you, that means she like Pookie. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I think it is, though. I think it's, I think it's that we have only been taught to love one way. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's sexual. And what happens is people conflate the two. Um, sometimes intimacy is turning the TV off and looking to each other's eyes and having a genuine conversation 
and discussing concerns. You know what I mean? Talking about things that lead to the future and what, what direction you're going and actually understanding that person, what their fears are, what their hopes and dreams are. That is a level of intimacy that is very rare. And sometimes it scares people because they've never been introduced to something like that. Yeah. So when you when you when people get around somebody and they get too comfortable, they, they assume that it's too good to be true. Mm-hmm. When in essence, I, I put it to like this: I'm not more than what you need. I'm just more than what you used to. You hey. understand what I'm saying? And yeah. there's a big difference. And I think that people need to honestly take a step back and really just talk to each other and develop. An intimacy without sex. So when sex is involved when you're married, it's it's a better experience. Does that make sense? Yeah. What you got for us, BT? What's the question? You know, it's a million things, one things going on. I want to make sure I answer the. I want to make sure I answer the question (laughs) with all uh, with all obligation to everybody that's watching. I missed the whole lot. Yeah, how you doing, brother? Uh, I, I know everybody. Uh, uh, we've been off for a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're having uh, our segment of Guy Talk tonight, and we are talking about uh, why uh, uh, Christian um, talking about uh, why should Christians talk about uh, uh, sex before marriage? Should Christians talk about sex before marriage? And one of the questions. Uh, I think that I had spoke about, uh, about the experiences of people who have traumatic uh, problems and really don't want to engage in conversations uh, concerning sex because they may have experienced some problems, uh, you know, in their, um, in their journey when it comes down to uh, engaging with others um, who may um, uh, be looking for someone and the long-term relationship leading to marriage. So that's what we were uh, talking about just now. So when we think about sex um, in that particular aspect, one of the things that we understand about this time that we're in is people don't want to take the time to really get to know that individual that they're intimate with. They just, they go by their emotions. And when you start going into dealing with just the emotions and not the logic, you start to bring puddles and oceans that you can't swim yourself out of. Because your emotions, what they do is that they lead you down a path of feeling like you can swim in an ocean and in a river that you don't understand how deep it takes for you to swim. Mm -hmm. And so when we're dealing with getting to know somebody on an intimate level, a lot of people don't have a first understanding of what intimacy is, which is transparency, which is honesty, which is getting to know someone at the level of understanding them inside and out. See, majority of people, they want to understand what's on the outside, the good, the bad, the ugly, Mm -hmm. but they really are not really taking the time to really understand what the future is really leading to like if, if if you're thinking about the aspect of sex sex should bring a understanding of permanency 
can I see myself with this particular individual beyond the moment? And many people are not talking on beyond the moment. You know, you look at Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, everything is about a moment. Everything is about a situation. Everything is about a circumstance that is convenient. So when you start diving in intimacy, intimacy is not convenient. It takes time. Yeah, just to um, kind of piggyback off what Brian said, um, we live in a society that's all about instant gratification. And so what ends up happening is a lot of times when people, um, you know, when they just, we, well, we're in a hookup culture, right? And so when people, um, they they get together, the first thing that they think is, you know, not, uh, you know, how do you think? It's like, well, you know, how can you make me feel? Um, you know, and, and, and when we are at the point where, you know, we're, we're, we're just asking, how can you make me feel? We have to realize that, number one, your emotions are very deceptive. Um, when it comes to sex, I mean, especially as a man, like, you know, if, if you do if you do the thing um, and you do a wonderful job, you know, what's going to end up happening is that this woman is going to think that you guys can end up being something that you're not like you had no intentions on being in a relationship. You had no intentions on being married to this person, but now you've imprinted this person simply because both of y'all wanted some gratification. Um, you know, I think that when people um, focus on their emotions um, instead of the logic, it then because like sex clouds things. And so now you, just because you've given this person your body, it's like now you have not got to the point yet to where mm -hmm. you're able to or comfortable with having difficult conversations. Um, difficult conversations and seeing how a person thinks a lot of times pulls those flaws and everything to the red carpet. And so it's like, well, it's like, well, because I had sex and because they put it down, now I'm going to just overlook A, B, C, D, and E. Whereas, you know, you grill them up front and you ask mm -hmm. them questions up front. You don't even have to risk, um, you know, wasting, you know, time, you know, catching a body when really you can catch some facts and determine if this is a person that, you know, feasibly you can see yourself with uh, for the long haul. Do you think about so many times... You think about so many times we attach sex to things that have nothing to do with this thing. You know, sometimes we look for sex to do for us what I should do for myself, such as make me happy, give me joy. So now when I have attached sex to my source of being happy, my source of joy, now sex becomes something that I believe is a primary criminal need as an I have to have it to function. Now, if I attach those emotions to a person, now this person becomes to me what only God is supposed to be. So now this is why you have that thing called soul ties, which is a spiritual tie to somebody else. Because whether you believe it or not, when you are sexually intimate, you are making a covenant whether you want to or not. You are. I said in the beginning, that is why sex in, in the Bible was consummating marriage. Blood was shed during that moment. Now, I understand now we all might not be virgins now, but still, you are making a covenant whether you want to or not. 
That is why it is so hard to break loose from some people. To, to, to Gabe's point, yeah, it's about what they did to you sexually, but also psychologically because they have your mind now. And we don't talk about the psychological impact that sex can have on you because this is why, think about it. God did not just design sex for marriage just for no reason. God understood that there were emotions, there are feelings attached to sex that you are going to have as a result of being vulnerable in this moment. You know, we are physically naked. We are probably psychologically naked. We are right here, especially when you love one another. So God understands that the bed of marriage is strong enough to catch that. But if you don't have that, now when you fall in love, what's going to catch you if you're not 100% certain mm. that this person completely loves you? Mm -hmm. You're going to miss the bed mm -hmm. and hit the floor. And this is why people get hurt because we think that this thing is sustainable. That's why we have what? Sex buddies, friends with benefits. Because why? Because sex has become a recreational drug. It has. Mm -hmm. And many people have become addicted. Why? Mm -hmm. Because what does your body produce when you have sex? Don't Don't me. <laughs> Dopamine is an oxytocin is a feel-good drug. It makes you feel good. It makes you want more. That's what's wrong with this millennial generation is that they have a, a dopamine addiction. That's why their behavior is so risky all the time. But with people, when I have attached all these, my joy, my love to sex, then I only understand love through the lens of eros which is you know we get already right from and it's like if, if that's my only lens i'm never going to have a healthy view of intimacy because i cannot see beyond sex and we wonder why you have things like sex addicts or why you have someone who is falling deeply in love so they think with somebody and had a sexual experience because they are tying their feelings to that behavior, that action, that moment. That's why a lot of women have sex with their heart because some of them believe that this is the best of me and I want to give you the best of what I have. And, and for them, they are not just having sex, they're making love. But for the other, for that man, it might not be that. Now the roles might be reversed sometimes. And that man may may fall first. And to that woman, it might not be that. You know, whatever the case may be, we have to realize how much damage, and I'm going to close here, that we do to each other by, number one, not having the conversation. And then, number two, we're not being open and honest about our experiences prior to this moment what I'm looking for, what I want out of you, and we're just under that premise of let's see where things go. And it always is a train wreck. I, I, I think that's why it's so important to have these conversations about sex and to have a conversation about someone's sexual history. It's not always about 
finding out how many bodies you have. It's not always about finding um, out what you like in bed, what you can do in bed. Is a big part of it does have to do with that emotional and psychological connection and impact that sex has on you. Like, I want to know what type of sexual traumas you might have experienced, what type of sexual dysfunctions or what, what triggers you when it comes to sex. Because all of that part, all of that is a part of intimacy. Me getting to know, you know, what turns you off, what scares you, what, what fears you, what, what has happened to you in your past so I can know how to approach you, how to deal with you, and what to be sensitive for or, or towards. A lot of people think when you when you ask about sex or you want to talk about their sexual history, it's for judgment. Um, you want to know how many people I, I got a got had sex with, so they get offended. And even if you had sex with a lot of people, I still want to know the psychological side of that. What state of mind or emotional state you were in that would lead you to try to fill to fill those voids with that many sexual partners. So these these conversations about sex is, is very important and we, we do need to have them. Now, we're about to tree into a, a very uh, uh, controversial subject. <laughs> and, and controversial, but not controversial. Did you say controversy? <laughs> Boy, that's one of my favorite you know, words in the whole dictionary. Come on. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Is masturbation a sin? Masturbation is a sexual straw man. I'm putting it to you like this. You shouldn't use masturbation as a tool for or substitution for intimacy, so to speak. Now, there are some people who think, okay, there's nothing wrong with masturbation or whatever, but sometimes that type of stuff can rewire your mind and it can be used as a substitute where you don't learn how to interact with somebody of the opposite sex or you become desensitized or or something like that and, and you fail to connect in a certain way or you can only connect in a certain way. So masturbation is a sexual straw man that people use in just of actual intimacy or they use it to avoid physical contact with somebody else. And it can hurt you long, long run down, down the way. Wiseman once told me, if you pack meat too long in the freezer, you're going to burn your hand. That's what that's what a wise man once told me. <laughs> but man, let, me not, let me not preach. Let me not preach. Um, <laughs> it's, it's one of those one of those aspects. Um, when you're dealing with um, masturbation, it's it's an area where um, you can begin to selfishly participate in the desensitization of what you really want in a intimate relationship there's a level of intimacy that you are striving to get to when you do that and that's something that when you're doing it you're only thinking about yourself you're not thinking about you know the the other person i mean let's be honest when have you ever seen somebody else get happy about you 
eating something that they really like on their plate. Like, you know, one of the things that um, I'm mindful of is when it comes down to getting to know someone, like how selfish are we at times? So I think that when you are thinking about that, you have to understand the effects. It increases the appetite. It increases the appetite for it for more. And once the opportunity gets presented, you know, you're going to turn into a minute, man. I mean, as soon as you, as soon as you get in there, you're going to shake the tree and it's going to be fruit everywhere. So, she gonna tell your friend. She gonna tell her friends that you just weak, right? Uh -huh. you know, she gonna tell your friends you did tic tac toe. I don't do tic tac toe. I do jumping jacks. Anyway, I'm <laughs> you know the reality, gentlemen. Right? That crazy, bro. <laughs> the Bible says that that a person without self control. It's like a city with broken down walls. It's a problem. Mm -hmm. And we don't realize that masturbation is the gateway into perversion. Because to Brian's point about self-control, well, self, well, to not have self-control or to be selfish is the opposite of the fruit of the spirit, self-control. So to, to not exercise self-control is a sin. So, so therefore, to engage in it, you it is being simple because it is only about self gratification. It is only you, you. You say I'm trying to avoid having sex. Some say that, but you're leading yourself into temptation. And we pray, lead us not into temptation. But mm -hmm. you're leading yourself into temptation because you're tempting yourself to want more. It, it is almost like eating fake sugar. Now I want real sugar. Because there's something in this about it. I want more and more now. So it's like we have to realize what am I really doing to myself? Not only am I just only self-gratifying, but I am also lusting. Because the root of that is lust. And yeah. so on, on every level, it's sinful. But it is so easy to fall into sexual immorality. The Bible says to avoid the appearance of evil. What, what appears good about masturbation nothing because it is a selfish act and and we're only gratifying ourselves and we have to ask ourselves what what am i truly serious about at this moment in my life what what am i truly um trying to accomplish even in this moment what do i want to go in this season of life romantically with women do I, am i open to love am i open to one day being under the guise of marriage if i am how I'm preparing for that now. Because the reality is you could be married and still struggle with masturbation and be wrong and be sinful. Just because you're married does not change the fact that some things about sex that are that can still be out of whack for you. Because if, if I'm only if I'm so um caught up in this self-gratification that's going to impact my love life with my wife also and even at our sexual intimacy i will only be concerned about my pleasure and not hers that right there is sinful because i'm being selfish but it all comes from what my stronghold of masturbation which is rooted in 
self-gratification, selfishness. It's psychological. It is bigger than the behavior. It is what's what is the trigger for that behavior, what's behind and motivating that behavior. And that's what we don't see, is that everything is a lot bigger than what we think. And to not exercise self-control there is to not have self-control anywhere. Because if I can't be disciplined, then how can I be a true disciple when the root word is discipline? And that's what it really boils down to is, is how disciplined of a woman, how disciplined of a man can I be to not lead myself into further temptation by not exercising self-control in this moment in regard to masturbation? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Just to kind of piggyback off something that you said, Pastor, about uh, sexual immorality. Um, yeah, masturbation is absolutely a sin, um, you know, because it falls under that umbrella. And as you were talking, I was thinking about this, you know, a lot of times um, when you think about, you know, like gateways, like gateway mm -hmm. drugs or, you know, gateway exposures to certain things, a lot of times it's little. You know, the Bible says that uh, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And mm -hmm. so when you think about, okay, this is an area that is a problem for me, uh, you got to think about, okay, how did I get here, number one? Number two, how can I get out of this, uh, this practice? Um, so as what happens, I mean, let's be honest, you know, most of the time when you're masturbating, you're also watching pornography um, or some other things that you have no business watching. And so what ends up happening is now, uh, psychologically, you are programming your brain to think a certain way and to respond to um, certain things. Um, like, for example, um, you know, you'll, you know, if you watch enough porn, you're going to be expecting, you know, your wife to be able to do things that you saw um, the yeah. uh, porn star do. And quite frankly, um, you know, that's just acting. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, they, they, they get paid to do that. You know, you, your wife has sex with you for free. Um, you know, but when you when you think about hold up, hold up, hey, uh-uh, uh-uh, there's a price, there is a price for everything. No, it, it's free in that moment, bro. You better check your bank statement <laughs> But but uh no, I was saying because um when you think about it, um if you don't get over that that hump, no pun intended, in your marriage then what's going to end up happening, you know, you have no self-control there. Now it's going to bleed over into your finances. Oh, there goes OnlyFans. Ooh. Oh, there goes prostitutes that my wife doesn't know about, yep. you know. And it's like, well, what happened to all of this money? And now you don't have control in your finances. Oh, I'm, yep. so, I'm so focused on, you know, receiving sexual gratification that now um, I don't have control um, in my spiritual life. Oh, I stopped praying. Oh, I stopped reading my word. Why? Because I have psychologically desensitized and detached myself from those things that are important because for holding on to a false reality. I, I think that, um, well, let me say this first. I think the brothers had, they did a good job on answering whether it's a sin or not a sin. So I'm not going to touch that aspect of it. But um, when you ask the question about masturbation, I immediately thought about my son that's just hitting his adolescent years. He's just, just turned 14. So when I thought about him, I thought about if I would find out 
that he's masturbating or if he comes to me and tell me how should I deal with it? Should I deal with it like a lot of us in our community deal with it? Should I shame him? Should I guilt him? Or even sometimes, not a lot of times, kids get ridiculed for it. Right. You know, it's seen as a, as a as a way or it's used as a way to shame them for not being able to have sex with a real woman. So you have to masturbate. So my, my thing is, how do I deal with it? Because I know it it's a good chance that it's going to happen. There's a good chance. And so should I educate him on what he's doing? Educate him on the impact in a in a power he's possessed, or should I allow things like pornography to educate him? Because in porn, you know, when, when we think about not even masturbation but ejaculation, you know, they they will tell you that you can ejaculate in a woman, and all she has to do is squeeze it out, or she can go urinate and she won't get pregnant, or hey, we we gonna be real here. Or, or, you know, or she can't get um, pregnant right. off the pre-com or something like that. So my, my, my job is to, my job is to educate him, is to really educate him and not shame him, not make him feel guilty so he doesn't go deeper into the shadows and hide and do it, receive the education and knowledge that he needs about, you know, what's coming out of him right now. So that's the way I, I, I really look at it. If it's a sin or if it's not a sin, the brothers answered it spectacularly. But the mm. way I, the way I'm looking at it is, how am I going to deal with it? Um, with not only my son but younger younger men that's coming up after him, uh, my nephews, uh, mm. guys that I mentor. Um, what am I going to tell them about this? Do I give them the right information, or do I continue to let them be miseducated by porn or or the music they listen to or the stuff that their friends are telling them in the playground. So, you know, that's that's the angle I really was looking at it when you asked that question. Yeah, the Bible says my people suffer from a lack of knowledge. Hey. It's always better to give him more knowledge than to to let him try to find out on his own because he's he's young. He doesn't know any better. He's going to need his dad to explain to him, yes, when you're transitioning from a boy to a man, there's certain things that you're going to go through. Here's the biology of a man. This is what you're made of. This is what happens to you when you get to a certain stage so that he's not surprised. So he's overcome with with um, with with a, a lack of of understanding. You see what I'm saying? So the more information that he has, the better off he has of being successful in other areas. It's like because having a sex talk is just one of life's many lessons that you're going to have to learn the hard way. Or you're going to need somebody to guide you along the way and say, hey, look, you're going to be faced with some difficult things. This is one of those things. How you handle difficult things is to give yourself enough information to arm yourself so you protect yourself. And if we approach it that way, then he can deal with other things that come along that are difficult him the same way. Take your time. Figure out exactly all the information you need to do. And then at that point, then you you can make a, a better judgment call. So, yes, information is always better, especially coming from your dad, because you don't want him to to hide things from you. You say, hey, look, I was a, I was a young man just like you. I understood exactly what you're going. Let me show you, you know, what I found out. You know what I mean? I know how you feel. I felt the same way. But let me tell you what I found out. Now that I'm older, this is what I this is what I experienced. So that way he doesn't feel 
misplaced or awkward or or being shamed for what he's feeling because what he's feeling is natural. And you need to explain to him that you're not a bad person because you feel a certain way. This right. is the reason why you feel this way. Mm. 100% agree with you, brother. And it's like the more transparent we can be with these young men, whether it's your son or your nephew or your cousin, whoever it is, the better off we'll be when you can enter a place of vulnerability with another man, you know, and show this man that there's nothing wrong with this in terms of us being vulnerable together in this moment. Let me show you where I erred in my childhood or even in my adulthood. And let me show you that we have shared this same wrong. Therefore, I am no better than you are. But in this mm -hmm. moment, let me show you, son. Let me show you, nephew, how iron can sharpen iron. You know, iron doesn't sharpen iron by both of these things being smooth. Sometimes it's rough. And sometimes men have to rub our rough edges against each other to correct each other. Because the more that we can show that, you know what, we are all in this journey together. And it's not about us judging anybody because so often as men, sometimes we get on different levels and we begin to judge those that may not be on the same level, not realizing that it ain't about being on the same level. It's about both being human and sharing this human experience. And when I can show a young man, you know what? This is why I air it. You know, this was a struggle for me by X, Y, and Z. He sees, you know what? Wow. So I might be wrong, but... I'm not a bad person because we allow young men sometimes not just to error, but to define themselves by the error, define themselves by the sin. You know, it's like we got to be careful sometimes, even in even with biblical things, only defining people by their negative characteristic. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. Like outing Thomas, blind Bartimaeus, the man with the withered hand, the blind man. Well, they have a name. If they don't, just call them a man. Instead of attaching all the time a negative connotation to that, that they begin to be known by. Same thing happens with young boys, you know, in school. They error in school and because, you know, if it's third, fourth grade, now they're in the seventh grade now with that same negative stereotype on them because nobody ever corrected it. Nobody ever entered that space with them and told them it's okay. You errored here, let's correct it. Same thing with sex. You know, I know you've been watching you know, whatever you've been watching, you know, it, it was it was BT uncut for us back in the day. <laughs> okay. But but you know, we allowed you knew the devil was around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I got tickled. But we allowed the wrong stuff sometimes, not just to teach, mm. but to the only point at which they hear anything about it because we are afraid to discuss it. So now not only have they errored, they're also uneducated. So it's now it's like mm -hmm. they don't care now because, well, you know what? I don't care because whatever I do is wrong. So I don't care. I, I'm, I'm going to do what I want to do. And that's what's wrong with a lot of people who have ODD is that they, they continue to, to defy authority because why? The authority always came down on them and never taught them anything. Mm -hmm. Never told them that I may be the authority figure, but I will teach you. I will guide you. You know, if, if the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want, that means that the Lord is guiding me, not striking me. He's guiding me. He's leading me because I don't mm -hmm. have good sense enough sometimes to lead myself. 
So mm-hmm. he guides me, and when I out of line, that hook will pull me back in, not hit me. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I have a few more questions, and then after that, we're going to close out soon. Uh, so the next set of questions is similar to the last controversial question, okay? Uh, what about oral sex? Is that considered uh, sex outside of marriage as well? Giving or receiving? No. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going to receive it? That's the comment of the night, bro. <laughs> Oh, you said that is it? Uh, you said is it sex outside of marriage? Well, that well, well, what well, do you would you consider it to be a sin? I would say. Uh, yes, because again, that falls under sexual immorality. Um, it and it's also a gateway. I mean, you know, I, I'll be honest. Uh, you know, me when I was when I was in sin. Um, you know, what one of the things that I would do. Um, I was fornicator. And so, you know, for me, it was just like, well, um, you know, if that happens, and of course, you're going to want to do other stuff, too. And I'm sure that as a man, you know, if, if a woman is touching you the right way and you have not uh, conquered that or, or allowed the Holy Spirit to help you all the way in that area, you're probably not going to say no. Um, and then I don't know what it is, but a lot of times uh, as men, we have this whole like macho thing about, oh, I'm a man, I'm going to show her and I'm about to put her to sleep, blah, blah, blah. And it's like you you throw everything else, all the logic and all this other stuff, you throw it out of the window and it's like, at what cost? You know what I mean? Like at what cost? Like what, what, what do you gain from doing this? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's a, it is a sin. It's going to lead to disaster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I would agree All with right. Gabe. You know, I agree with him hundred percent. You know, I guess it, it boils down to again the the objective is the same thing as when you're fornicating. <laughs> so, in in actuality, the only difference is it's her mouth and not her vagina, but the objective is still the same. You know, and 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 the reverse. It's his mouth and not his penis. I mean, it, it's that simple and that, that raw. It's like we call a thing a thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like we will try to justify it, try to rationalize it and say, well, what I, it wasn't sexual intercourse, but it was sexual. It was an, it was an act of sex. It, it was the appearance of sex. And if sex outside of marriage is wrong, then you are, you have the appearance of evil which is a sin, so you are therefore wrong. So mm-hmm. how we slice this cucumber, we wrong. <laughs> and it's like, we'll, we'll try to rationalize it. And even think about this. Let's say this is a woman that just some random woman that you know. In a sense, as a man, you have to say to yourself, well, I'm kind of degrading her because this is all I think of her. This is all I want from her. This is all I will give her. Same thing in reverse. You know, the woman may have the same attitude. This this is all I will allow him to get from me, but I'll never give him my heart. You know, 
we, we are complex human beings and, and we use sex and oral sex for a lot of different things outside of marriage, you know? And it's like when we attach, again, certain feelings, emotions, and what have you to, to these things, we take them well out of context, therefore making ourselves wrong. Well, all I have to say is this. Um, yeah, I, I have to. Uh, um, I, I'm just going to say I agree because I'm going to do my best not to cut up. So I agree with you. Please don't. You've been making me laugh the last five minutes. <laughs> I, I I'm sorry, y'all. Brad's, I'm going to tell on you. Brad's facial expressions <laughs> have me over here cracking up the last five minutes. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. No, he, he's all right. Cut up if you want. It's all right. <laughs> That's why I'm, I'm not even looking at his square because his eyes over there. This guy, every time I look at his eyes, I'm like, when you think about like to, to me like when a woman does that for like a man like be honest if she knows what she's doing like it's over like the Thanks. like you don't even need to turn the lights off you close you close your eyes Listen, dancing in the lila. I'm finna tear all the pillows up after that. I'm the, the I'm, devil sent her. No, sometimes it ain't. Sometimes it ain't the devil. Listen, one of the things that I don't like about this 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 new uh, generation mm -hmm. is everything is blamed on the devil, but lack of discipline is never like indicated. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people that will dive into situations and circumstances and have never really taken accountability. You know, oral sex is one of those things where it's basically like for someone that feels like, well, I'm doing this, I ain't really penetrating. No, you penetrating something. Uh, you penetrating their thoughts to thinking that, okay, um, something else can come out of this. And like, you know, said earlier, it's a gateway. It gets you to thinking and exploring, you know, what else can happen. Um, and yeah, that's, that's all I got. I, I would agree with what all the brothers said. Like, you know, there's no way, there's no bouncing around it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the foundation of it is, is lust. So even if someone tried to dance out of it and say, hey, it's oral sex, it's not intercourse, it, there's, there's sin in there somewhere. Yeah. And so you can try to excuse it and rationalize it all you want. Mm. Yeah. Well, right, there's a Bible verse, and I'm not really sure where it is. I was looking for it, but I, I remember reading it. And it says, do not turn on a woman sexually. You know what I mean? If you don't mm. intend on doing whatever it is you need to do. I was trying to find it, but I couldn't find it. But that, like it, that's like everybody said, that's a gateway, man. You gonna you gonna start the motor, but you're not gonna, you know, do the rest, man. Come on, you know what I mean? <laughs> you, you 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 you're basically there at the doorstep, and 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 there's no the the slope is already slippery, so to speak. You already there, and if you if you go that far, you might as well go ahead and do the rest of it. You know what I mean? 
and then you have to deal with the consequences after that. So uh, it's, it's not a good thing. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not a it's not something that you want to do if you're if you're single. Now, if you're married, you know, have fun. You know what I mean? But single, you just you just you just messing up. Basically, you're yeah. messing up. Whenever you have to rationalize something or justify it, more than likely you're wrong. You know, um, we have to even realize that we're under the misunderstanding that just because one is married, that that means that anything that goes on in the bedroom is okay. That's not what the marriage bed being undefiled means, because you could still be wrong in certain aspects, because what does defiled mean? Dirty. Undefiled means clean. So that's telling married folk to keep your bed clean. You know, it's not about, oh, well, both parties agree it's okay. No, it's not. We might agree on bringing an extra person. Is that right? No, it's wrong. You've just committed voluntary adultery. (laughs) You know, we got to realize that it's not about looking at sexual things as a no-no. It's about understanding sexual things and intimate things in, you know, the proper context. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, Proverbs 5.18 says, you know, um, may he be in, uh, let her breast satisfy him always. And may he be enraptured by her love, you know, and understand what's that saying to a man? It is saying, find pleasure in your wife, you know, let her breast Satisfy you always. Be I, I, feel, I, feel my hip, I feel my hip just rising up from <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. I'm, I'm saying, but but we but we don't we don't look at scripture like that. Like, say I'm married, right? It could be foreplay for me to call my wife at work and say, "Baby, I was reading a word today." Proverbs 5.18. It talks about uh, let your breast satisfy me always. And I want to be enraptured in your love. Say it in the right voice at the right time. Watch what happens. But we're using the word of God to be by pregnancy test before you go home. Come on now. <laughs> but, but, but we but we don't want to again use scripture to your to your advantage in the right context now. But it can help you be romantic. It can help you spark things between you and your wife. Why? If she loved the Lord like you do, then you're showing her you've been in the word. And women that really love God love men who know the word of God. And, mm-hmm. and, and when you use that to your advantage, not only have you been studying, but you've turned your wife on. You have therefore Cross not just the boundary of sexual intimacy, but you have crossed the boundary now of intellectual intimacy, because now she is finding your brain attractive, and now you are really doing something for her that you have no idea. And I'm strengthening our bond, but we just talk about again physical stuff, what you can do in the bedroom when seasoned women will tell you. It ain't what you can do in the bedroom. What did you do outside the bedroom that heated me up to a point where I couldn't wait to get to the bedroom with my spouse? That's what a seasoned woman to tell you. You know, 
But again, we don't sometimes, again, think like that because to some, that might be corny. Okay. I'm going to stop uh, with this. Woman gonna, uh, let me tell y'all something about a seasoned woman. I might get in trouble for this. There's some ladies <laughs> in there. But a seasoned woman. You're going to pour them dentures out. Uh-uh, no, stop, stop it, stop it, stop it. Uh-uh, uh-uh, get out, get out of Revelation. Get out the book of Revelation, stop it. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, a seasoned woman is going to tell you that from the beginning of the day mm-hmm. until y'all meet, you need to be troubling, as the Bible say, troubling the water. You need to just get in now and beat down Jericho. No, you better get game over there. Yeah, he went off of there because he know where I'm about to go. Um, but a seasoned woman is gonna tell you to trouble the water all day. That's that's what a seasoned woman gonna tell you. Mm-hmm. And then if you really want to get a gone, if you really want to get a woman gone, fellas, this is this is one for free. You really want to get a woman gone, go get the bill that get on her nerves the most and pay it early in the day. <laughs> and then say, when I get home, I'm gonna take care of some more debts. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I don't, I don't know uh, where I heard this illustration. <laughs> I know it was a pastor, and Pastor Greg, you keep saying context, and it made me think of this illustration that I heard, and I just thought it was a great one that paralleled sex in a in a fire, and how mm-hmm. fire, you know, it has a proper place where it needs to be burned, and it has a wrong place where it could be burned. If you burn it in the fireplace, that's where that's where it stays. You can keep it at the appropriate oxygen level and all those good things. But if you burn a fire in the middle of, of your house, you're going to burn down the whole house. The same thing with sex. The proper context for sex, according to the Bible, is marriage. If you have it outside of marriage, you could burn your whole life up, especially when, it's, when, I'm, when I'm in reference to God. Because I, I, I know that that is a temptation or that is a sin that can control our minds, control our uh, psychology, uh, everything about us. It, it can, it can bring us to ruin. So that's why they say, Hey, listen, keep it in the confines of marriage. Cause outside of marriage, you know, you, you, you can, you can uh, go, go crazy. You know, you can spend your life chasing it. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's been, it's, I'm gonna um, let me shut up because I this is not a testimony, so I don't want to say that too. Perfect. That was a great analogy, AB. That was a great analogy. Yeah, it was. It's <laughs> a moment of silence, which means that something hit the atmosphere. I don't know what happened yet. We marched around the walls. <laughs> walls and stop playing. <laughs> so anybody pretty much been making a lots and lots of great points and uh, I, I just really really just been uh, enjoying everybody uh, feedback on this uh, very uh, touchy subject in which many people uh, don't want to talk about so we decided tonight to talk about this very subject so that we could uh, gather together in a mature way and discuss this subject so we can clear the air, especially uh, that this subject is actually coming from us brothers um, who are very mature uh, in this subject because a lot of times people feel that men can't talk about uh, this subject in a mature way. And so tonight, 
we, we brought it to the table with it, <laughs> you know? So I, I think this was a really, really good subject. So um, uh, I want to ask you this question. What is the biblical purpose for sex? What is the biblical purpose for sex? Uh, procreation. Uh, the Bible says that um, it says to be fruitful and to multiply. Um, when you look at Old Testament scriptures, um, after so-and-so took so-and-so to be a wife, they knew, meaning that in the context of intimacy, they uh, they came together, they had sex, and then so-and-so begat so-and-so, and so so procreation. Awesome, awesome. All right, anybody else want to hit up on that? Oh, I think Gabe is spot on. You know, the the it is uh, procreation. You know, I would add that also for pleasure as well, because again, yeah. back to that word. You know, <laughs> let our breasts satisfy the always. <laughs> you know, and, and the Bible even talks about not not separating for too long, except for a time of prayer and fasting, but to not mm -hmm. do that so long as as to avoid temptation. So again, I'm, it, it's very important that we realize that sex is good. It's not bad. It's not wrong. Fornication is wrong. Sex is not wrong. We have to realize that you know it is to to physically express something to your spouse, and it is even an act of worship between you and your spouse because you all are in covenant agreement. And what say that again. So you said worship. I did. You said worship. I you did. Said, the Bible says they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. That's Come right. On, yeah. <laughs> what, what you do with your, with your body is, is important to God. That's why God discusses it and talks about it so much about what you do with your body that's sinful and that's not sinful. Because it's that important to God. And we have to realize that what you do with your spouse to God, again, is that important to God as well. Awesome, awesome. Amen. Right. He said worship. He said worship. Worship. Oh, I be doing some worship. John 10 and 10. They that worship him <laughs> must worship him in spirit and in truth. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> 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 All right. Okay. <laughs> so we, we pretty much had a really great conversation tonight. And um, I, I really enjoy each and every single one of you. I just want to throw out those last uh, two questions before we actually head out uh, tonight. Uh, so uh, just give us um, some last points uh basically on why you think is actually important uh to, to discuss sex uh about marriage uh to discuss about it like in your church um or anywhere uh before uh marriage um, sex oh go ahead Jerry. no um, sex is one of those things that you have to come into agreement with you know what I mean? Just like anything else. Um, if you look at it, most divorces are one of the top reasons is, is sex. The other one is money. 
You know what I mean? And nine times out of the 10, the reason why you have a problem with sex and money is because of lack of communication. So communication on both ends uh, is important. How that person interprets what you're saying and what you thought you heard from that person and to be able to come into an agreement. So having that talk about sex is just a part of life, having those difficult conversations. And that way, when you're able to have difficult conversations, then it gets easier down the road when there are things that may come up. So the final words with that is just to, to make sure that you guys talk to each other respectfully and respect each other's past, respect each other's experience, learn from each other and share those things with each other. And also talk about your expectations, because a lot of relationships are ruined because of unspoken expectations. So those are the things that I think that that should be discussed when it's talking about sex and marriage. I 100 percent agree. And I would uh, yeah. say as my closing thought that. The Bible says that wisdom is the principal thing. So get wisdom. But in all you're getting, get understanding. You know, um, you know, knowing that people perish for a lack of knowledge, we have to realize that relationships and marriages are comprised of people. We don't have a high divorce rate for lack of love. It's a lack of knowledge and understanding. Communication is not the key. Comprehension is. And so often we have no comprehension of what we're doing we have no knowledge of what to do within the relationship or the marriage. And we continue to move forward and we're ignorant to intimacy. We're ignorant to sex. So therefore our behavior is ignorant because we don't know how to relate within the relationship. And we're off on every basis. We're just off and we're missing the mark because I don't know what to do, how to engage. I don't know how to interact. I don't know how to court i don't know how to date i don't know how to be married and i'm off on every level because why i won't take my time and get off of facebook put my face in a book and i won't read for myself to know not just what the word says but get some supplemental things that can help you understand some things that the bible addresses but might not go into detail about you know and there are some things again don't be afraid to address your traumas. You know, it's necessary that, yeah, take everything to God in prayer, but pray about what they're to see. You know, pray, pray about, you know, where I should go to get some guidance. It ain't always your pastor. Sometimes we mm -hmm. see a therapist, a licensed mm -hmm. therapist, or a psychologist, or a psychiatrist, somebody that can navigate you to a better space and bring you to a point of understanding, first of all, you. That's where it boils down to is that we have a disconnect really from not just who we are, but who we need to be. Because if you don't even know who you, who God made you to be, it's not that you are not being yourself. You don't know what to be at all. So now you're copycatting everything you see in the world and everything you see now becomes disingenuous because it is not authentic to you. I'll say this um, just in my closing thought, uh, you know, for those who are um, in relationships, for those who are married, um, don't be afraid to have difficult conversations. Um, I know that a lot of times um, individuals are afraid to have difficult conversations out of fear that, oh, this person is going to get mad at me or, oh, this person is going to, um, you know, not talk to me or I'm going to sleep on the couch, um, blah, blah, blah. Okay. You know, that's, that's totally fine. But 
you know, a lot of times when you're, when you're really, I, I've learned this, that relationships in life are tested by three things, uh, money, loyalty, and conflict. Um, and so, you know, you, you begin to learn once you have those conversations really, um, you know, if this person is good for me, um, you begin to learn, um, you know, well, where are we headed? You know, I know a lot of women, sometimes they like to ask that question of, you know, well, what are we? Um, you know, well, a man can tell you whatever, but, you know, really, uh, you know, men and women need to watch what each other are doing, not just what they're saying. And uh, yeah, those will be my uh, closing thoughts. And um, no sex before marriage. Uh, just keep it holy, you know, keep it righteous. Um, and if you do slip up, repent and do like Jesus said, go and sin no more. I think it's important to have these conversations about sex because there's so many people and so many influences out there that's having the opposite conversation about sex. There's so many uh, people that making sex seem perverted. Um, there's things and people and porn and television and social media that is spreading misinformation about sex. Um, young ladies are, are, are learning that if they make themselves sexually available to a man, that'll make him emotionally available to, to, to her. Boys are learning or, or being taught that manhood is measured by the amount of women they sleep with or how well they perform in bed. So there's so much bad and negative information about sex that is important that we have these conversations so we can be a reliable source of information so we can spread truth, some understanding about the topic of sex. So um, I, hopefully we can have more conversations like this so um, you know people can get a better understanding and apply that understanding to their lives. Mm. Awesome. Uh, so everybody went right. All right. So uh, I, yeah, Brian. Brian. Okay. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm just glad that everybody uh, was in here tonight. So we're really going to be uh, closing out and just thank every single uh, one of you for actually just coming on here tonight, especially those uh, that are in the audience uh, listening tonight. Uh, because I'm glad that y'all got to hear it from us, you know, <laughs> from the brothers, you know. Um, and so this was a great conversation. Uh, also, um, as we begin to close and everything like that, I just want to let everybody know uh, we have our new magazine, Agape Love Network magazine. Uh, please go to our website and get this magazine. I have a number of people that's actually featured in it. Uh, just go to our website, agapelovenetwork.net. Uh, you can look right on the ticker at the bottom, and that's where you can actually order the magazine as well. Or if you want to be a member of the organization, uh, receive our newsletters and blogs, um, just subscribe, and then you can also uh, receive those as well. On the 28th, I believe, we're going to have Women Talk. Women Talk, okay? We're going to be talking about the exact same subject the exact same subject okay and then following after that we're going to have the brothers and the ladies come in and talk about it at the same time and you know how we turn up when the ladies and the guys come together <laughs> and talk about this sensitive subject of sex <laughs>
<laughs> so uh, we're going to be having that. You know, I just thank every single one of y'all. Also, before we leave, please let everybody know your social media handles, starting from uh, starting from the top, uh, Pastor uh, Gregory, uh, to the right, then the bottom, to the end. A bit of pleasure, guys. Thank you guys for watching. Who are watching? Uh, it's Gregory Devon on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Same name. Okay. All right. Uh, so mine is Gabe Abram. Um, it's on Facebook. Um, Instagram is Gabe Mustard. Uh, there's an underscore there. Don't ask me why. Um, you can find me on. Twitter, but I, I got kicked off four times, but it's all good. And then uh, MySpace, you can find me on MySpace too. So, all right, cool. All right. My name is Brian Thomas on uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram and TikTok. It's CoachBT316. Um, yeah, I'm uh, basically, you know, I did a little sabbatical. Um, so I'm going to be coming back strong in October. And uh, all the controversy that you heard tonight is going to be an even more advanced version of controversy. So if you like to fight, let's do it. I got you. But in a biblical <laughs> and um, healthy way. Okay. All right. Yeah. I didn't know MySpace still exists. Gabe, you still got my, still got my space. So I looked up my name. I, I looked up my name on Google the other day, and my MySpace came up, and I was like, "It's still alive." Okay. Well, you can find me on Instagram, Ready for Relationship Consulting. That's uh, Ready, the number four Relationship Consulting. Thanks for having me, man. Um, you can find me on. Um, on Facebook, Jared Bogarty, uh, on uh, Twitter, same thing, and on YouTube under uh, Lost in Translation. That's our new 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 page that I'm working on right now. So you can find me there. We talk about relationships and things of that nature and how we talk about it, how we handle difficult situations and how to spot certain things. So that's what we that's where you can find me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank every single body actually for coming on here on Agape Love Network. We're going to be having more shows, more topics, more everything. I just thank each and every single one of you for just listening in. And we're about to head out and we'll see you next time on Agape Love Network. Right.